It is the 200 level episode 361. Mike Carpenter with Isaac Ambrose live at Poor Brothers Craft Tap Room in downtown Champaign, Alani, Wisconsin, homecoming edition. Isaac, a week ago, now that I wasn't looking forward to hanging out with you, yeah, I was. I just didn't know what we were going to talk about. Yeah. And we actually have things to talk about. So let's start with the football game. Going macro. I am guardedly optimistic. Okay. How are you feeling going into tomorrow? That's a, that's a good way to put it. I would say I'm in show me mode. So last week was great, but we got to see it again before I can feel comp, uh, really confident that you're going to play that sort of football the rest of the season. You were able to see the entire game last yeah. week. In full disclosure, I only saw the second half, but it was you and Trevor that were keeping me updated on what was going on those first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question I have for you is how many of the things that you saw last week are easily repeatable? I think the Fagan, Fagan running the ball 100% is repeatable. Um, the offensive line played their best complete game. You would think that is, that is repeatable. Now I know Wisconsin has I think overall been a better defense especially like on the defensive line so that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge but running the ball you think you could do anywhere whether you're in Washington DC in Champaign whether it's windy whether it's not windy um, I think that's repeatable I think the defense and especially you you making plays I think in uh, forcing turnovers and just really playing with that edge I think that is also repeatable because the defense has now shown us really consistently since Kansas that they've been able to hang with most teams. I mean, they weren't the reason he lost to Penn State. They the aberration, I think, being the second half against Purdue. But in, yeah, in all fairness, right, right. the wheels fell off of everything. I don't think anybody game. really showed up in that second half. But, yeah, solid defense in the run game I think should be able to be repeated. So we got a couple of things to talk about today. And I mentioned we're going to start macro here with the Illinois-Wisconsin game and what it could mean for this Illinois football team. We're going to talk Illini basketball later as well. And uh, then we'll probably end with picks and all that kind of fun stuff as well. But sticking with the macro and, and what could work or what could be repeatable, the one thing that I really was impressed with last week, and I know it's hit or miss with him, Luke Altmeyer seemed to have an ability in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. to make some heads-up plays. Now, that was on the heels of two possessions that were very, I don't know if disconcerting is the right word, but yep. underwhelming when you had the two good returns and you made nothing do yeah. with them. Yeah. But to come back out with a tie game to see Luke Altmeyer make the throw, and also, I think, even more impressive, the nine-yard scramble. Heads-up play and a quarterback that I would like to think is starting to put things together, but mm-hmm. you said show-me mode. Is there any other player in a bigger show-me mode than Luke Altmaier right now? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think seeing what Luke can do in the games that you need him to. Um, obviously, FAU, he played better, didn't really matter. Um, I do think the games like – I mean, he played really well against Kansas too, but that game was just so out of hand, so – the offense is not has not been good enough, obviously, and I think the defense is good, but they're not going to be they're not Iowa good. They're not going to get you a touchdown or something. So, I think you need to see some of that elevating the offense from Luke to know okay for sure this is the guy going forward because we're still I think a little bit on that fence now. He's way above a lot of the quarterbacks we've had the last few months, but he really 
yeah, I think he's in show me. He made some of the, some of those plays real late against uh, Maryland. Like the throw to Casey Washington was great. Um, that that really give you encouragement. But yeah, seeing it against the Wisconsin defense uh, would be awesome. There's also the factor too that I talked about on Wednesday's podcast with the Brett Bielma effect, which I thought was going to take hold before the Purdue game, and that you were really going to want to win that game. As we discussed before, we went live here. As that game unfolded, it felt like the Illinois team then did not actually think they were going to win. The wheels fall off way too quickly for me to think they were actually confident going into that. Like, they were waiting for something bad to happen. I don't know if that's going to be the case tomorrow. I I think that by just winning a game, and let alone a big road upset like you did against Maryland, there is a mental component to that that I would like to think can just take a little bit of weight off of their shoulders and let them start playing like the the underdogs that they felt like for so much of last year where where they went on this October run and if I recall they were only favored in one of those games Mm -hmm. that game being at Nebraska at the very end of the month I would like to think Isaac and I want your confidence level on this that they can kind of get back to that mindset because I I think execution is kind of a natural byproduct Mm -hmm. of how they're feeling and they were probably overconfident early they were not confident at all against Purdue and Nebraska Maybe it's equalized. That is my armchair psychologist view of why this might have been a very valuable win ahead of tomorrow's game. Yeah, and Bielman mentioned that. I think he said it at halftime. He told the guys, you know, we gotta we gotta learn to win. Or he said something like, "You've graduated, and now you gotta, you know, step out in, into the real world." Because they hadn't been in that position where super competitive game. They played better than the other team in the first half, and it was really a complete complete game for the most part um and i do think getting getting another win going into the bye week would be huge you get guys getting healthy you get a feel better about yourself for a week um before you play at minnesota, at minnesota. so yeah a week off and then at minnesota. i mean this could really turn around in two or three weeks it could the fan base could be feeling way better the, the guys in the locker room could be feeling way better i always come back to the fact that you have 18 to 22 year olds their emotions their drive can really change and flip in any second flip-flop in any second so um yeah last week was huge going out to dc getting that win on the road against a team that was almost ranked i mean if they would have hung more with ohio state they probably would have been ranked uh yeah i think that's huge and then just another solid big 10 win where you're getting the fan base sort of coming around you more and more yeah i think that's huge to going forward into the rest of the season and this is not a top 10 wisconsin team but i think the name alone wisconsin it still means something Mm -hmm. to beat wisconsin football and it would be the first time since 0102 that you've beaten them two years in a row we got to talk a lot of basketball in a bit yeah we're going to end with the homecoming matchup and what we think might happen or uh, what we hope will happen. I think that they might actually blend a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to remind you the sponsors of the 200 level include DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. Hopefully, you can have a celebratory calzone tomorrow after the Illini Wisconsin game. Order online at dpdoe.com and they deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana. Also, got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, brianismyguy.com. Also got to thank Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. Great with kitchens, bathrooms, home additions, indoor, outdoor, great craftsmen, and a full gallery of their work online at owenbuildersllc.com. And finally, got to thank 
Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728 and get your furnace checked before it gets too chilly. It's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow, Isaac. Yeah. Windy, but 70. Yes. But you know that those cold days are ahead. That's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing at 217-841-4728. Also got to thank Champagne Showers Podcast Network and... Hey, listeners, if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that's appreciated as well. We're here at Poor Brothers, Isaac. We are, we are. carving pumpkins. We are, uh, we are not drinking beer, but many are. No. And, but it does feel like fall, and this homecoming weekend only helps with that. But then you also have an Illini basketball exhibition game, which you're going to tonight. You're yeah. wearing that nice, fake, Chinese-made Illini jersey. Yeah, can't say it's real. Um, <laughs> which I got a couple of Bears jerseys back in the day. Yeah. Some friends and I would go in, about five of us, yep. and get two jerseys apiece because shipping is so expensive. Not as much anymore. They've, really? They must have worked their way around it. I think this one was 2022 20, after. all the. Th- but wow. I do remember those days when I was in middle school and we would have to sort of go in as a group because the shipping was like 60 or 80 bucks or something crazy like that. I just but. I like the little details that tell me it is a knockoff. Yeah. It's, it's probably the silver circle with the eye right. in the middle. Definitely I, not the real block. Haven't eye, seen no. that on a Illini jersey. Uh-huh. But they got the American flag and yeah. the Big Ten logo. That's impressive. So tonight... Yeah. Basketball is back, and I know that it is an, as you told me, an NAIA team. Yes. Ottawa. Ottawa University. Canada? Great question. I don't know. Who think knows? So. There's but a lot yeah. of Ottawa's. Yeah. There's one in Illinois. I don't think they're from there, though. But, anyways, this is an opportunity for Illini fans to get a look at this, I guess, moderately new look Illini team, though there yeah. are a lot of returning pieces. But I'll start with this very kind of broad question. We can't learn much in an exhibition game, but what do you hope to see tonight? Just first impressions from this team. I hope to see the shooting is improved because if you do that, I mean, yeah, you're playing Ottawa, but I would like to think if you could shoot 35 40% from three, you could do that maybe against a better team as well. Shooting, I think, is going to be number one for me because we know the team's athletic. We know they're going to be able to defend. Shooting last year was just such a problem, and really the past few years has been such a problem. We've had the athletes. We've had... Kofi and I mean outside of Plummer and Trent at times like it's Demonte could hit a three (laughs) yeah he 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 actually could yeah the Big Ten championship season he got he got pretty hot there but I think shooting's number one and we've heard so much about Terrence Shannon working on this mid-range jumper and everything so shooting and let's see if we got a point guard well let's start with that yeah because I love Ty Rogers. I really do. And uh, his versatility, his toughness, I know he's not much of a shooter, and that's probably never going to be the case, but there's so much about his game that I do enjoy. It sounds as if he will be your starting point guard. Yeah. And that you will kind of rotate in a Niccolo Moretti or a Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn as a freshman. And I I will say this about Gibbs-Lawhorn, because he was committed to Purdue before us. He strikes me as a very prototypical Purdue point guard. Yeah. Tough guy that might not be the best shooter or anything, but he gets the job done. So I could see him actually being okay this year. But we all know that you struck out on Ray J. Dennis. At the time, it was frustrating. And right now, it's probably costing you about 10 spots in the AP preseason rankings because I think he would have been a legit top 15 team had you landed him. Can Ty Rogers, without a shot himself, be an effective point guard? Because that's my concern is that if opposing defenses can just sag under picks and all that, 
doesn't that negate the possible benefits of having him run the point? It's a long season, and we'll find out, but that's, that's my biggest concern, Isaac. It's not just point guard, but are we really maximizing Ty Rogers at that position? Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, I always saw him as, like, a Dray- almost more like a Draymond Green type guy who has never been, like, a great shooter. He would hit occasional three-pointers, but he just does – he's always got eight to ten points, eight to ten rebounds, and, like, four to six assists. He's not your true point guard, but he can he'll, – he'll pick, pick up four to six assists. I think with Ty, people like to compare it to Jalen Pickett. I mean, they got a lot different body styles, but Pickett last year at Penn State – I mean, he, he dropped, what, like 40 on us, but even if he wasn't hitting threes, he probably would have dropped 25 on us just because he was able to get into the lane so well. And then you're creating opportunities for other guys. So, like, I go back to the shooting, too, for Ty because he showed last year he was able to get to the rim. Now he wasn't always able to finish, uh, but he was able to back people in and, and get into the lane, which I think can open up things for a lot of guys and just give him assists by default. Um, yeah, it's probably not where I would put him, like, first and foremost, but I do think with some of the athletes and guys around it's going to be more of a versatile versatile team where you can choose and put guys certain places so i I don't know how good of a three-point shooting team houston was at their peak i know that ever since we lost to them that's the template that brad underwood has tried to go off of when he's building a roster Mm -hmm. And, and if you just look at the size of these guys in the starting five and knowing what you have coming off the bench and I'm assuming what are we assuming the starting five is Coleman Hawkins Terrence Shannon Ty Rogers for sure Damask yep. Damask and Gary A I think is so we're be... going with the Coleman Hawkins Gary A at the four or five yep and then Terrence I think at the two technically Damask, Damask at the, the three, three and Rogers at the, the one. one yeah and then coming off the bench your first unit off there would be Dane Danger Lou Goody Goody and Gibbs Lawhorn? I think, I think, yeah, I think I've heard more about, about DG. Oh, my gosh, yeah. forgot about Harmon. Um, so you got a lot of, I mean, your talent and depth is maybe, like, the best it's been. It, I mean, obviously, the, the team that won the Big Ten titles were just, like, the best teams. They had elite the, one and two guys. Yeah, but they did have a ceiling for sure. Like, this team, I feel like you're going to be able to guard anybody. You're going to be able to out-athletic most teams. It's just really going to come down to shooting and just the camaraderie, which a lot of times we didn't see last year. I'm not so worried about the latter. I do think that the camaraderie will probably be there, and there were lessons learned from last year's team. So I think that my overall apprehension is less to do with this roster and their chemistry with one another. And I think you're onto something. I mean, if there is a ceiling, we don't really know what that is because we haven't seen this collection of guys that are all bigger, they're athletic, there is a best-case scenario that could be much better than what we saw last year. It, it just seems like you're, you're hamstrung or limited by that lack of an elite shooter or by the lack of a Terrence Shannon, for example, being more consistent from three. Because as much as he wants to take it to the rim, if you also have a point guard who can't shoot it, and Gary A doesn't want to light it up that much, and Coleman Hawkins, you can't, you're running out of options. Yeah. And eventually, you can just pack it in and force Illinois to try to drive it on you. And right. then, what? We're just, we saw plenty of times, and I like Terrence, but we saw plenty of times last year where he would get into the lane and just kind of, I don't know, yeah. whoop-de-doo up and off the back of the backboard because yep. it just was without that outlet. I just worry that offensively you're going you're gonna to struggle. Defensively, I'm not worried. No. I'm truly not. And that might be enough. I do think that's going to keep you in a lot of games. So even if you're having a bad offensive showing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... Um, 
you're going to at least be competitive, especially in those grunt, the games that, like in the Big Ten. There's going to be other teams that aren't shooting that well. So if you can just play great defense, get turnover. I mean, if you get in the fast break, you're going to be fine. Uh, if you, especially if you got guys like Terrence and Coleman, Coleman was pretty good in fast break last year too. Um, I do think, I mean, I'm a little bit positive right now because obviously I haven't seen us play against Kansas next week or against you know Eastern Illinois even in a few weeks. You have more veterans technically than last year. Like you the do. guys like like Domask has played so much basketball. Harmon has played so much basketball. Guys like that, I think, are going to be a lot more likely to make the right cut, right? They're going to be – because defensively, even at the beginning of last year, there were so many lapses. The guys that have played a ton of tick, I think, are going to be a lot more consistent. They're going to be able – they're going to make the, the right play a lot more than you saw last year. So hopefully you don't have that cluster. Terrence drives in. Nobody knows what to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely more more hopeful that you can bring it together and it doesn't sound like knock on wood that there is like any behind the scenes drama or whatever that that we can foresee so that's also a good sign i guess the macro question for Illini fans is what are you okay with from the brad mm. underwood era yeah because that's really what i'm racking my brain about is i grew up at the tail end of the lou henson era so i, I do not remember 88 89 i was too young and the tail end of the henson era they made tournaments that was what i knew and then when they didn't make a tournament that was it for Lou Henson, and they kind of ushered him out. They said kind of retirement, but it seemed like it was a little mm-hmm. bit forced. And then Lon Kruger, same thing. He made tournaments, but he didn't make it past the first weekend. But I still look fondly on the Lon Kruger era. But then eventually, by the end of it, after they got smoked by Florida in the second round, a mm. Florida team with Teddy Dupay and Udonis Haslam that made the national championship. Yeah. So that's no slouch. Then they get Bill Self. And then the game changes. Yep. And the expectations change. Yep. I, I think that I'm still reconciling Isaac with the post-Loyola, what the heck is this? And yeah. maybe I just need to be content with the fact that you are a perennial top half of the Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. You will probably finish fourth or fifth, worst case in the Big Ten this year, and you'll make the tournament. There are worse fates than that, but is that, is that enough for you? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day. So obviously we had the Big Ten tournament title and then the Big Ten regular season title. And then anything less than that just seems kind of depressing, right? But when you think back to before Brad Underwood got here, I mean, not going to a tournament for so long was just terrible for the fan base, for the mentality around the program. I would be, if I just step out of it and try to be objective, if you're competing for a Big Ten title and you make the tournament and you win at least one game, I'm like right now I'm saying I'm content. Now yeah. if I see if I see good things from this team and then they do sort of what the 20, 2021 team did where they just sort of poop out against Loyola, then it's going to be a lot more disappointing. It's weird. It's like the more success they have right. and the expectations right. raise. I, I'll say this. If we can get through a season without the sideshows of last year i got so fed up with that team i i don't (laughs) ever want to see matthew meyer again (laughs) yeah here or anywhere right and that was just one of many instances last year where there was this chronic headache with being an illini fan last year because Mm -hmm. even though they won some big games it just didn't feel right and it felt like something was amiss so do you think there's a possibility that this season goes along? They, let's predict, what, 21 and 10 seems to be a safe yeah, pick. Yeah. I think Ken Palm has that in their projections yeah. too. 
So let's say all things being equal, you do that, you win a game in the NCAA tournament, but you don't get to the Sweet 16, but there's not the sideshow element yeah. that you had last year. You don't have guys transferring out, or I should say key guys transferring out immediately after the season's over. Does that kind of reset things and cool the temperature of someone like me that was getting a little bit ticked off as last year was going on? I think it might. I think the way the season goes is huge, like like you just said. I think playing more consistently, like last year's team wasn't able to do, right? It was either second half Northwestern, second half UCLA, late last few minutes Texas, or it was Indiana at home, right? There wasn't. There didn't really seem to be like in the. I mean, even at Purdue, you played awful in the first half, and then if you and then you just came back and almost won that game there was no in between i think this team if you can just play consistent and then hey you come up against somebody in the round of 32 who just happens to be better than you then i think that's i think that's definitely acceptable it just depends on how the season goes last year was just such a roller coaster you never knew what team you were going to get i do think the biggest the biggest concern for me now i think this is year 7 for underwood you are set, that's something you're yet to play your best basketball i mean this is obvious you're yet to play your best basketball in the tournament right i mean i was gonna say you're yet to play your best best basketball in march but technically the big 10 tournament a few years ago was in march well, and also i mean that week before the big 10 tournament which i think was like march 1st through march 8th yeah you won three consecutive road games against ranked opponents and only one of them io played yeah I and then you won the big 10 tournament so i'm thinking yeah. at that point we're peaking right and we were kind of the sexy pick to yeah. get to the final four yeah and maybe win the whole thing and then you sputter out I, that changed the entire i think perception or i should say it it drastically reduced the patience level of some fans. Now, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, and that, that might be me needing to chill out. Yeah. You win the Big Ten the following year, and that, for so many of us, just being able to raise a banner, or two years in a row you got to with the Big Ten tournament yeah. and then the regular season, that's meaningful. I don't want to sleep on that. I mean, maybe I'm overreacting to the way that last year it kind of went off the rails, and that this year I'm kind of hoping for boring, you like, yeah. Just give me a boring trip to a five or six seed in the tournament. The, the things that I, I would talk about with Lon on 93.5 and say, God, give me a selection Sunday where I bemoan the fact that, oh, we got another five seed. Yeah, right. Oh, darn the luck. And I think that's what you're building towards, right? Like, even if we do end up, oh, man, we're a seven seed, you know, and we, we do lose in the second round. You're, you're building another year of the tournament, right? You're getting further and further away from that drought of not making the tournament. And I think you're, you're slowly becoming um, – Michigan State's more high up there. but like Because oh, they got the final four yeah, banners. You're, yeah, yeah. You're, becoming, you're becoming more of a consistent tournament team, like you said, where you know the more bites at the apple you have, the more likely you're going to make, make it further in the tournament. It, it is frustrating knowing that there are some teams that seem to always perform well in the tournament and they play their best basketball in the tournament. I think for me, like if you have another year where disappointing and you don't play your best basketball in the tournament, then it really starts to be like, okay, what? I mean, we're already questioning this. Like, what is Brad doing, saying to the guys that for some reason they can't put it together, whether they're playing in Denver or New York or Chattanooga, I don't know. Um, Like, what is going on there that you're able to get these guys to play so well? Like at Purdue, at Wisconsin, at these crazy places, but then they can't go play at a neutral site. That, that's, that's the thing that, that's really been, I've been struggling with, if, well, and, if you and, see that again. In fairness, a lot of Big Ten teams, they stink in, in the tournament as well. I mean, this yeah, is Purdue. Been a, this Purdue. Has been a, 
conference-wide problem, yeah. it, with the exception basically being Michigan State, mm-hmm. and they almost got to the and Elite Michigan eight. until last year. Yeah, but, Michigan yeah. until the last year. And, I mean, they aren't looking too hot this year, which is oh, fine. Oh, yeah, I'm me. excited. Yeah, I'm excited. So, I mean, I'm looking at the Big Ten, and, I mean, for me, I think you're right. The, the thing starts with just competing for conference titles, and I think everything else kind of falls into place. But it is the way in which you've gotten your butts kicked in these NCAA tournament yeah, games that yeah. I think changes that because it is a very different story if against Arkansas, for example, you have a neck-and-neck game yep. and they just happen to make a shot at the end. We would have been disappointed. Right. But I think the problem is that there's only been one game in the NCAA tournament where we've legit looked good. If you want to call Drexel, I mean, does that count? I don't know. I remember watching that game and thinking... Well, you're not really thinking anything when you're playing a 16 seed, but I remember, yeah, that that was just so lackluster. It's really it hard was to lackluster, say, and, and I didn't feel great after it, but I yeah. thought job done. But but then here here's the other NCAA tournament games: Loyola, obviously, Chattanooga, should have lost, probably Houston. Yeah, I turned that off at halftime, and then Arkansas. There's yeah. this line from The Sopranos where Tony's going to therapy, and he tells. His therapist. I'm almost done with it, by the way. Yeah, so do you remember the line where he says, coming in here, it's like taking a... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me watching these NCAA tournament games. Yeah. I'm exhausted afterwards. It shouldn't be like that. So I I, I think this year there's two parallel tracks we're looking at. One is just stability in the regular season in a way that we did not see last year. Not these crazy valleys where you are starting to question what the heck is going on with this team. But then the second one, we won't find out until March. And I don't... Listen, I don't think this team will have a problem making the tournament. I do think it is a tough schedule. Yeah. But that also means there's a lot of quality wins out there, and I think they will get their fair share of quality wins. They, they yeah. tend to do that. Yeah. Even at Tennessee or Florida Atlantic, I mean, hey, last year we beat the number two team in the country. I have no doubts that Brad Underwood and UCLA, I have no doubts that they can win big games in November and December. Yeah, that, that's the scary part. You got what well, at Tennessee, Florida Atlantic is – when you a few years ago you'd been fine playing that game Colgate made the tournament last year and they were yeah. solid um, so yeah you definitely don't have that many cakewalk games as you'd normally do in the first couple months of the of the Big Ten season but Brad's the winningest coach right in the Big Ten the last four years so I do think you're going to be able to pull together and get some of those big wins it's it's kind of interesting how the teams have just changed right like so at, I mean the first Underwood teams weren't very good and then you got Io and and Kofi came along, and you had a similar team for a couple years. And then, obviously, last year, was you, you really went to that more Underwood style of player. Athletic, really long. But now you're athletic, you're long, and you're a lot older. And, and you have a lot more minutes played. So the teams each year have kind of transitioned. We haven't really seen a consistent style of play, consistent style of athlete. So it'll be interesting. Maybe this is the magic potion that, that, that works. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to see more consistent basketball and consistent basketball in December. I mean, we've had some terrible Decembers and Novembers, maybe. I don't know, but and it's usually been awful. right around the bragging rights game. Yeah, yeah. Early December is not as much of a problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. The last year, early December, you lost at home to Penn State by 20. Yeah, it was bad. after you beat the number two team in the country. That was a sign that something was amiss when we we're making fart noises at a press conference. Yep. Now, expectations. We know that Terrence Shannon's going to be the leading scorer. Who's your second leading scorer this year? I don't know if it's as easy as saying Coleman because that's not really his game. I don't think, yeah, because I, th- I think Coleman's going to, Coleman's probably going to get another triple-double or something, but I don't know if he's going to lead you in scoring other than that. Oh, man. 
That's a great question. Do you still go Coleman by default, or do you go with something like Damask? Yeah, I think this is a super super hot take. I could see Dane maybe not being the second leading scorer, hmm. but like he w- he would consistently at times last year put up consistently at times doesn't really make sense, but when his good games right, he w- he would dance and he would get buckets at will. I could see. You know, coming off the bench, being like a big energy piece off the bench, given and given the given the other team a different look, right? Because he's he's kind of the outlier here. He's he's not just long and thin and athletic like the other guys. Um, and I think defending last year, he was pretty good at times. But yeah, when he gets near the, near the paint, and a lot of times he does like give the guy a little hook. I think he gets away with. But I could see him being maybe not second, but maybe maybe third. So you're going Dane top three. I, I think we could maybe agree on this though. There's probably going to be four or five guys that are averaging nine points or more. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, Terrence Shannon's a given. Yep. But then I also think the Coleman. Dane, Damask. I just haven't seen it like in person, I know, right? I From like know. Damask and Gary A. And, and Gary A. I yeah. think is the other one because yeah. I, I think the guys that you don't count on scoring a lot are Ty Rogers, Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn, and I, I'd have to see it from Luke. You know, I'm, I'm just not yeah. really high or low on him. Yeah. He's, he's there, and that's fine. You don't know what you're getting with Harmon, really, yet. Leading rebounder, Coleman. Yeah, Quincy Garrier. I think it's got to be it's got to be Garrier or Coleman because if they're not grabbing many rebounds, you're probably getting beat up down low. Leading assist, Coleman, Ty Rogers. I mean, you hope it's Ty Rogers, but I think Coleman. From what 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 we've heard, like from Derek and and Illini Inquirer, Damask is apparently a great passer. And yeah, he's, and he's got great great ball skills. So. If it's not going to be Coleman or Ty, I would definitely, I would definitely look at Damask in that in that assist category. How many wins, or let's say win loss record, thirty one regular season games? Is that it? Yeah, I might go. I'm going to go twenty, twenty and eleven, just because of the. I mean, you could you could be playing really well and you're going to lose against Tennessee, right? I mean, you might beat them, but you you could be playing consistent basketball for most of the season but your schedule is just tough i mean purdue's gonna be awesome michigan state's gonna be better you have to go to east lansing this year um that like i mentioned that colgate game's not gonna be easy i mean mizzou feels like you should just write it in as a loss um but (laughs) i hate that that's the case but it kind of does i think we could play really well this season and and i mean i say 20 wins like that's an awesome season but um if i had to put 10 bucks on it I'd say 20 wins. Yeah, I think 20 and 11 is a safe bet. I agree with that. I yeah. think that gets you about fourth in the Big Ten, maybe fifth. That gets you maybe a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, depending on how the Big Ten is looked at. Yeah. And I think as long as you avoid a big swoon at the end of the year, you'll avoid the 8-9 kind of matchup that you had last year, which would be very beneficial. You know, I'm not going to set some parameter that they need to win two games in the tournament. But eventually, I know it's not easy, but it isn't that hard. And, and more specifically, what I don't think should be that hard is competing in these NCAA tournament games. And I'm sorry, they've not been doing that. Um, and then if you have another stinker in the tournament where you're watching 40 minutes of game and you're just like, what am I watching here? Mm-hmm. Then I don't know. I, do you make a move? No, you don't. No. But I do think that there is an overall sort of confidence meter that would go down another click with the fan base and just the overriding question, where are we going? Sounds existential, but like, I do hope that this year can answer some of those questions. Where are we going? Because I tell you what, next year, losing a Terrence Shannon, losing a Coleman Hawkins, yeah. 
I like some of these pieces, but I'm not exactly waving the flag for 2025 Big Ten champs. No, and I feel better knowing that you've been six, mostly successful in the transfer portal and recruiting still solid. Um, so, I mean, that gives you a little bit of confidence knowing that you might be able to bring in another Terrence Shannon. You might be able to bring in, I was going to say Matthew Meyer, but you a, a guy that's a top 10 transfer in the country like you've been able to do. NIL money seems to be there, which is super helpful. Um, and I don't think Brad is scared to to go that route of just hey nil here's a bunch of money come you know we'll we'll put the best team on the floor that we possibly can but yeah i do think you're, you're starting to get into that category where you're establishing the identity once you've done it this many years in a row like illinois is always going to be top five top four in the big 10 making tournaments tough tough place to play and yeah just adding another year of that would be awesome but like you said it's not that hard to win and win in no. a tournament that's or, how you get the respect of you know national media people other fan bases is because that's what people remember unfortunately like people don't remember who you beat in february no. they don't remember the the random road games in the big 10 they remember who you beat on national tv when everybody's watching picking their brackets and everything and i think i think fan bases have in uh national media and stuff have a bad taste in their mouth about Illinois because a lot of people have chosen us to go far in the tournament the past few years and then they look dumb so I don't think the way that Villanova that. for many years yeah yeah but, but the yeah. thing is they kept getting bites of the apple with high seeds right and, and right now we're kind of in that middle region where we yep. get okay seeds but it just makes the path tougher mm-hmm. we got 20 minutes left Isaac let's switch back to football sweet now, when we were here, what was it, um, six, four, four seven weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I predicted nine and three. Yeah. What did you predict? I'm seven and five. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. that's actually... That's still feasible. It's feasible, and I think here's the path to seven and five. If they win tomorrow, I do think they win three of the last four. Yeah. Minnesota, Indiana, Northwestern. And I, I'm still going to watch Iowa saying, why not? Because just just how bad their, their offense, offense is. just so bad. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, seven and five is still feasible. Nine and three is... Well, no, it's literally not feasible. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as we get into tomorrow, though, in trying to figure out how big this game is, I think it's massive for a couple reasons. Let's start with the first one. We know that there has to be a follow-up for last week to mean anything. Mm-hmm. We need to see them do it again. Right. If we go back to 2019, it was the Illinois-Wisconsin game that yep. I was not here for. So from afar, at a friend's wedding in Louisville, I was excited to see the score, but I also was so cynical about the Lovey Smith experience that I thought that's great and everything but it, it doesn't mean well, anything. Well you just lost to Eastern Michigan. Yeah exactly yeah. a few yeah. weeks before that. Yeah. So then the next week lo and behold you went into West Lafayette and I know the weather played a part but you dominated. I think yeah. you won 20 to 6 or something and you controlled that game and it felt like oh okay this is actual momentum. Yep. I think this is legit momentum if you win tomorrow. And especially going into a bye week where you could use that extra rest, and then you play Minnesota, which Brett Bielema loves playing Minnesota, and Illinois historically does okay up there. Yeah. I, I guess if there's a question here on a you know, 1 to 10 scale or however you want to frame it, like what is your excitement level if they win tomorrow? Oh. I mean, it's not just like a 6. It's, it's yeah. like an 8 or 9, right? I think, yeah, I think... I think nine because so you'd be four and four. You'd be four and four going the bye. And again, if we go back to our podcast six weeks ago, like four and four, you'd be like, yeah, like that's okay. You wouldn't know how it happened and how you got wiped up by Nebraska. You probably thought you would have lost at Maryland. Um, so I think nine is maybe a little high, but like considering where we were just 
a week or two ago, then yeah, I definitely think nine is appropriate. You're feeling a lot better. You get two weeks to enjoy that win. You know, and like Wisconsin is a team you're trying to replicate, right? Maybe not as much now with Luke Fickle there. They seem to be a little bit different team, but Wisconsin is a team that we for so long as a fan base wanted to be. You want to win those gritty Big Ten games. I mean, it's a two-and-a-half-point spread, Wisconsin's favorite. It's going to be windy tomorrow, just like most games in Champaign. Like, those are the type of games you want to win. Um, so if you win that, you feel a lot better about last year too even i think that last year wasn't a fluke and then also for recruiting i think that's huge if you're into that if you keep up with the line out recruiting like that's during the bye week they get something they can actually sell right you know hey i know we started off the season slow a lot of new guys a lot of young guys took some time coming together now you know we've got two big wins back to back um yeah so i i think it'd be huge i think narratives are fluid so for me, after the Nebraska game, and really after the Purdue game, I, I, you could kind of see the Nebraska loss coming. If we're being honest with ourselves, yeah. we could kind of see that coming. Yeah. And the narrative that I was worried about then, and I spoke to it, was we blew it. Not just, oh, you blew an opportunity this year, but yeah. you blew it long term. Because have fun in the 18-team Big Ten next year. And then all of a sudden you went at Maryland, and you realize that, doesn't, that alone does not change the narrative. But it gives you the opportunity to change the narrative they win tomorrow and then i think we could start looking if they have a strong second half of the season i think the narrative that we may be understated to this point is that the natural ebbs and flows when you take a coaching transition when you lose some of the key guys like a devin witherspoon and the secondary guys and i guess a tommy devito was their own but chase brown certainly was yep, one of these yep. when you lose some of those key guys and now you're transitioning to your own there's going to be some hiccups now, Illinois were considerably more than hiccups. Yeah. We stunk. And no second half of the year is going to change my mind that we were god-awful yeah. in the first six. Yeah. But it does afford us the opportunity as fans to say, okay, all right, we get it. It was rough. But there were reasons why they struggled early. And now we see a coaching staff figuring their guys out, which to me, that's the most important thing. And I see it mostly with Aaron Henry and the defense. And he had more excuses. Well, he had he had Johnny and Keith in the front seven um, to to rely on. But I mean the the secondary, especially when you lost Matthew Bailey, they had the most excuses to be bad, right? And they've the past past few games, I think they've been like a top sixty, top fifty five defense or something like that, which is fine, right? What and especially in the Big Ten West, you're not playing you know Oregon and Washington. Um, yeah, I think the more you can see guys develop. And, and really, if we see, say we do go 6-6 six and six and win three more games, obviously, and then the, the losses are kind of just like sloppy or whatever, this could just end up being like the Bielma experience. Hopefully, you get to a point where you're consistently on the better, the, the winning side of the ugly games. But right, I mean, Bielma's first year, the Rutgers lost, what the heck. You beat Penn State, you beat Minnesota. Early in the year was really rough. Last year, you start off amazing. I mean, you did terrible against Indiana last year to start the year, and then you end so terribly. So it's like now you start the, start the season pretty rough, look really good last week if you can win tonight, and then you end up 6-6. Six and six. That's three years in a row 
that you've really just had some games way above what you probably are and then way below what you probably are. With the first and third having some violent swings. Yes, 100%. And, okay, the first year I get that. And maybe the third year I can grant a little bit of grace because yeah. of that transition period to your own guys and new coordinators and who you lost. Again, did it have to be as bad as it was in the first six no. games? No. No. I'm not excusing it because that was inexcusable. Yeah. So going into tomorrow, you know, I'm optimistic for, guardedly optimistic for a few reasons. Now, the first thing we can talk about is the fact that Braden Locke is making the start and yeah. not Tanner Mordecai. Now, this is not to say that Tanner Mordecai is great. In fact, Luke Altmeyer has a better QB rating than Tanner Mordecai. Yep. And that's, I'm not, I don't mean that as an insult. Luke, Luke's had some good games and yeah. he has some good stats. But you are now replacing a veteran QB that ran that system well and, bear in mind, can run a little bit himself. He's a little bit mobile yeah. with a rather stationary quarterback, six foot. I guess he's got a gun, but this is his first start. Let's not understate that. Yes, I've seen times where quarterbacks came out for his first start and looked really good, but this is no slouch of a defense he's going against either. I, that right there, when I saw that last week, I didn't want to overreact, but I thought, well, guys, you, you kind of should win now. You, and I, I know that might be oversimplifying, but I do think there's an element that says, wait, this is a perfect reason as to why you should win this stupid game. Yeah, I, I agree with you on paper. Uh, I just think back to, I mean, Nebraska's quarterback was not good either, right? He was a oh, yeah. backup coming into the year. Though, though I do think, and I sound like I'm rationalizing, so slap me in the face, yeah. proverbially, so. Yeah. That... That game, we were so <laughs> – it wouldn't matter who the quarterback was. I, I it do It could have been Chase Crouch yeah. on Nebraska, yeah. and we would have lost. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think I think uh, Mordecai being out is huge. And from just listening to uh, Nick Austin, I think, that was on with Jeremy, just sort of talking about, you know, they had high hopes bringing this kid in, but then obviously you're going to get Mordecai in the portal. Um, you're going to start him. So now I think – yeah, I think you, you, you don't have an excuse to let this kid pass all over you. But now, whether Mordecai was in or if it's this backup kid in, they're going to try to run the ball down your throat anyway. Yeah. So you should be preparing. You should have been preparing, you know, the same regardless. Um, and, I yeah, so I think that that's going to be a huge part of the game. I think the D-line, the front seven is going to need to make some plays. Last week was the first week you were really able to get pressure. Um, and in Luke Fickle's Luke, – Fickle's new system and Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator, they're going to try to throw the ball more than past Wisconsin teams. Maybe not as much this week, but it's going to be really big for Seth Coleman, for Gabe Backus to get into the backfield. Um, they're probably going to double, triple team Johnny, so you're going to need guys to step up. It'll be interesting to see if Keith Randolph plays, because I think that'll be huge. You were able to get away with it a little bit at Maryland because they weren't going to try to run the ball down your throat, but... You're going to need big games out of Rosiak. You're going to need a big game out of Odaluga. And I don't, Tariq Barnes, I don't think he played last week, but he dressed. Um, which that's, that's another piece of like Aaron Henry going into the season was probably expecting Tariq Barnes to be his MV or one of his MVPs, right? His all stars. He's a and, captain. Yeah. And he's been really invisible for a lot of the season. He did get hurt. And even when he was healthy, he wasn't playing that well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big day. The defense on paper really just lock down Braylon Allen and they should be fine. Um, Isn't that it? I mean, sometimes it's really that simple. Yeah. He's their stud. We know what he is. Now, last year, you had a better defense, but I is your front seven 
much worse off this year? I mean, on paper, it's about the same. So you would be thinking that, okay, just do that again, because it's not as if, I know Sidney Brown certainly helped in the run coverage, but it's not as if your front seven had so much upheaval where you shouldn't be moderately successful against the run. And I think if you are, if you get beat by Braden Locke making a few throws, it sucks, but fine. Fine. Yeah. Just don't let it be one of those things where sleepily they get five, six-yard chunks rushing. Yeah. And then they open up that big play potential because Braden Locke does have a big arm, it sounds like. But that's the first thing. Okay, backup quarterback. We know the Braylon Allen situation. He is probably, him and Isaiah Williams are the two best players on the yeah. field for each offense. That's the other thing for me, Isaac, is that I think the defenses I will call a wash the way they're playing right now. Would you say that's about accurate? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, And I know I Wisconsin's number, numbers-wise are a lot better, but if we're going the last three games... Yeah. Yeah, I think Wisconsin is their sixth in total offense and sixth in total defense. So um, I do think that's comparable. I think, like we mentioned, Wisconsin's going to try to run the ball down your throat. They're probably going to get away with it a few times. So they're going to be on the field. Uh, your defense might be on the field to get them out. So it's really going to be important that your offense is able to sustain some drives and give us the defense some time off because most likely, even if we have a really good defensive showing, Wisconsin's going to have some drives that are prolonged. So you really, it's really going to be important for the offense to show up. Um, and I think that's – Wisconsin doesn't have an amazing offense, but like I said, sixth in the Big Ten, and we're probably, what, like 13th or, 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 or 12th. So I think mm-hmm. that, that's, what, that's what's really going to decide the game probably is going to be if, if Barry Lunny and the offense can show up two weeks in a row. Let's talk about the wind. I hate it. Yeah. But we got the PTSD from the Michigan State game last year, which was otherwise a, a nice day except for the blistering wind. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, tomorrow is not going to be that windy. Right. The wind gusts were like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Last year, I think it was like 45. Yeah, it was crazy. So how concerned are you for kicking and punting? Well, I, normally I would be like a rational person, like an objective person that's never been an Illini fan would be like, oh, Illinois, they play in the wind, right? They're going to be used to it. Um, that has not been the case. I mean, even at Nebraska, you had some, you had some mistakes because of the wind. Um, I still don't really trust the kicking game. It's and the special teams. They were great last week for the most part, and Hugh has been better this season. But I've still seen way too many times this season where the special teams has made mistakes. I mean, the the kick returning against Nebraska was just awful. I mean. That's inexcusable. But then he got some returns last week. Yeah, exactly. That's what, so, that's it, it's, so crazy. it's oddly been better on the whole. Yeah. But there's just enough to keep us from being truly confident right. that they've turned the corner. So right. if, if we get through tomorrow, sort of like last year's Iowa game, where one of your weaknesses actually won you that game with Hugh Robinson being Robertson being a great punter against Iowa. Yeah. And then uh, Fabrizio the Pentone. Fabrizio. Yeah, yeah. With the kicks. Yeah. If we can – I don't even need that. If I can walk out of the stadium not even thinking about the special teams, like non-factor, right. I think that gets you one step closer to a win because – if we're thinking about them, I worry that it's because of something bad. Yeah, if they're if they're doing well, you're probably not noticing them unless it's Caleb Griffin kicking a game-winning field goal or whatever. But there's there's just, I know Trevor. It's funny because he gets so mad about the win because like Bielma and people will talk about it, and then we're the ones that should should use it to our advantage. But it's like, well, then do it. Right, right. Use it to your it. advantage. It's just like 
not as much recently, but like Green Bay, they always play off of that. It's so cold in Lambeau Field, you know, it's always windy and yeah. snowing after you're like they play off of that. Like obviously Champagne's not as intimidating as, as Lambeau Field, but still you would think you practice at that field every day, your kickers are going with it, you think that it would be helpful. But yeah, if we're not noticing the punters, if we're not noticing the kickers, then it's a good then it's uh it's probably a good day. You want if you're gonna lose, you wanna lose because Braylon Allen's better than you because, you know. But I, I will say it is – that would be three first-year head coaches you've lost to mm-hmm. if you do lose. Now, Luke Fickle, I mean, people thought he was the bee's knees. Everybody wanted him. So that's a little bit different than Ryan Walters, which I don't know if he would have got another head coaching job. But still, three first-year head coaches in year three would be would be very disappointing. Yeah, it, it would take – again, it would take away any goodwill from last week. Yeah. It just would. Because yeah. then last week is rendered relatively meaningless. Even though, yeah, you got winnable games at the end of it. But mm-hmm. I think losing tomorrow takes away the possibility of a truly feel-good second half. Yeah. Which is still on the table. And it's especially on the table if you win. All right. Let's make our picks or why they will or why yeah. they won't. Well, first off, before we do that, we can simplify this. Tomorrow's about Luke Altmeyer. It's about Luke Altmeyer. That's it. I think also the offense, like, obviously, like, Barry Lunny, can he call two solid games in back-to-back weeks? Um, Luke Altmeyer being the foref- at the forefront of that, but Barry Lunny calling a good game, and then the guy's executing. And, yeah, if, if Altmeyer plays well and you're able to sustain drives, you, sh- you should win. All right, let's make our picks. Awesome. Y- you start. Okay. How you expect the game to somewhat unfold, generalities, I guess, and and how you expect it to end. Oh, man. I want to pick a win so bad. I've just it's, – it's, it's, it's just the home, the home field thing I don't love. Now, I know we, before the show we were talking about homecoming, how you've actually had some pretty solid homecomings um, in recent memory, but this just feels like – a close loss to me, I think. And you yeah. walk out of the stadium like, yeah, oh, yeah, God, exactly. I and like, sort I, of, I know oh, the feeling. What could, what what could have been? Um, I don't think you're gonna play as slop. I mean, I hope you don't play as sloppy as you did the first, at the beginning of the season. But yeah, I like I like sort of that now with the wind and stuff. Maybe like thirteen to ten loss or like seventeen to fourteen type of game. Um, we just can't I, get over the hump. Yeah, where you can't get over the yeah. hump. Wisconsin Wisconsin's able to stay on the field and then you're just not able to sustain enough drives. Um and you're maybe you're not even able to kick the ball like you gotta punch it in the end zone because it's so windy. So um I, I sadly will take a, a line I lost by three points. Okay. That's a, a fair prediction yeah. goes with Vegas. Yeah I mean here's the thing too they can play like they did against Nebraska and they can lose by twenty to right. That's not Impossible, Mm-mm. and they could revert to all the bad traits. And yeah, now the way I look at it, I, I think it is very much about when you play a team. So if I were to look at the Purdue and Nebraska games, easy to say this in hindsight, but Illinois was a team that was reeling, and two teams took advantage of that. Yep. And as I look at this game, Wisconsin's not reeling. I mean, they lost a home game to Iowa. It was a close game, but yep. they did lose their quarterback. More than that, though, they really put themselves in the outside looking into the Big Ten West. Yep. I, I don't want to understate how kind of bad of a loss that was. Iowa we know is tough on defense. Yeah. But 
you still gave up what 19 points to the 19 to 12 19 i mean it was really i watched a big chunk of that game i was running back i forget his name he had like an 80 yard touchdown run and it and, felt like the game was over yes <laughs> like it felt like wisconsin wasn't going to come and, back from that and that's that's fine and i know that's iowa but i'm sorry that was your biggest game of the year they win that they're winning the big 10 west and they kind of blew it yeah now, there's a chance of a rebound, but I do think that when you add that to the fact that you got your backup quarterback for the first time, the unknowns, the fact they're going to be playing it a little bit close to the vest and not come out guns blazing necessarily, at least not early. And I also, as much as I could talk about Wisconsin, I'm just like last week, it's about Illinois. It's about them because yeah. Illinois does have enough guys to win this game. We know that. The reason why the first six games of the year were so frustrating is because this should be a solid B team. Right. A B. I don't need any more than that. And you win games if you were that. That's why they won last week. If you get the Maryland effort tomorrow, I think that is enough to get a win yeah. against this Wisconsin team at this point. And my gut is telling me they do. I've, I've wrestled with this all week, and I keep coming back to 24 to 20. And I, I've always I've circled that number, 24. Can you score 24 points against Wisconsin? I think you can. I mean, Maryland, for example, their defense was settling in pretty nicely. Yeah. I know they gave up points to Ohio State. Yeah. But they had been good. And then they gave up 27 to you at home on a rainy yeah. day. Yeah. This offense, yardage-wise, middle of the pack in the Big Ten, seventh. Now, scoring their 12th. That's yeah. what matters. But it shows that there is potential if they just close out some of these drives. So if you play a clean game yes tomorrow, if Luke Altmaier is clean, if Caden Fagan can get you around 80 yards, and if the defense continues doing what they do, to me that screams 24 to 20. And imagine walking back in the tailgate lots at yeah. 6 o'clock as the sun is setting and celebrating that. As long as your tailgate hasn't blown away. That's right. Yeah. Got to... <laughs> hunker down folks I do hope you're right I do hope you're right like that's that's last year was so fun because like the Iowa and the Minnesota games they were just so memorable right like you just the atmosphere the way you played like at such a high level and it was a very competitive game Um, especially Minnesota it was a beautiful day homecoming and everything like you just need more of those to get people to buy back into buy back into football and I think if you win tomorrow you can get a ton of people back on board 100% I mean Wisconsin's still that name yeah. it, it matters when you beat Wisconsin and I do think that by finding something in Caden Fagan it, it now your identity that you've wanted to have all year it was kind of forced upon you and I think they took too long to get Fagan involved mm-hmm. I, I do think that makes Lunny's job a lot easier and it allows you to play the kind of game against a team that also wants to kind of play that game with a backup quarterback in the wind. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that means advantage Illinois. If so, that'd be a hell of a start to... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Isaac, you got a basketball game to get to. Yeah, hopefully it's, this game's not close. <laughs> I'd ask for your prediction on that, but it's exhibition, so who cares? Uh, but no, I mean, as long as they look good and they stay healthy, that's yeah, all that matters. Yeah. Maybe, are you going to the Kansas game? I was thinking about that this afternoon. I, I don't have tickets yet. If you don't, let's do a second half pod. That'd be awesome. Because it's going to be on TV. Is so. it? Yeah. Oh, then Big yeah. Big Ten Network, yeah. Okay, not, sweet. Not Big Ten Network Plus. Plus, okay. None of that junk. Not Peacock. Big Ten Network. I wonder if all that money's going to charity, too. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> but hey, enjoy the basketball game tonight. Enjoy yeah. the tailgate yeah. tomorrow. Thanks and, for having uh, me. 
It's a big one, and you can hear Poor Brothers. It is packed right now. It Got is. to thank them and Jason for having us again. We'll find a time during basketball season to come back here as well. Got to thank our sponsors. We have DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. We have Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing at 217-841-4728. We also have State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com and Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. Got to thank Champagne Showers Podcast Network and... Uh, all of you listening or tuning into the YouTube stream and stop by the tailgate lots tomorrow. The flags might not be flying as high. I don't want the flag pull the brake, but the same same spot as usual, 50-yard line around Oak Street. Isaac, thanks for popping out, bud. Of course. And uh, let's let's get a win. Let's yeah. get two wins. Let's more get two wins in the next 24 hours. And we'll be back Sunday morning to recap what is hopefully a big win against Wisconsin. All right, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you soon. It is the yeah. 200 level.